Welcome back to episode number 23 of the NP Dude. This is Jeff the NP Dude giving nurse practitioners a voice. And that is all of our voices. And I say this all the time, but I really mean it. Um, I want to hear from you guys. I need to hear from you guys. And I'm learning a ton of stuff. And I'm going to talk about one of those things I learned today. And it was a direct result because you guys are using me as a mouthpiece. And that is fantastic. That's what I'm here for. So today... I got a great comment. Actually, it came through yesterday, and it was a personal message. I promised I wouldn't use names or exact situations, but I did get the thumbs up to talk about it. And this was, uh, you know, go ahead. This is a great one, and it, and it's something I never even really contemplated, to be honest with you. This is when, when naivety as a new nurse practitioner uh, comes into play. This is one of those times that all the all the new newbies out there, like me, need to listen to this one because this is something that needs to be addressed with your employers uh, and in your practices because it could be a big issue. And we've touched on it in the past, but only briefly, and it was under a different context. So I just never even thought about to extend it this far. So. I got this this question, and it was pretty lengthy, and it was really interesting. And it was it was whoever wrote it, and and I don't know the person personally. It was a fa Facebook friend type thing that that is personal through my 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 page, not not the NP dude. And they um, they said, hey hey Jeff, I got this issue, and I'm like, oh okay, this is this sounds juicy. You know, a lot of words. I'm getting into it, all right. And and it was it was juicy. It was one of these situations, and here it is. You go to work, you work there for a couple years, you have your NPI number. You are told that you're getting credentialed, everything's going fine and swimmingly, everything's done. Billing person, everybody's happy, you're working your butt off, you're worrying about am I giving the right medicine to the right patient at the right time, and that you're you're uh, you know doing good care, right? You're all worried about that, and you just assume that the people that do the billing are doing it right. You assume that you're there using your NPI number and that they're using it with your credentialed insurers and that they're getting reimbursed under the company's MPI number. So this is a good time to talk about MPI numbers. What's an MPI number, right? And I've talked about an MPI number in the past, and it, but, but it was under the context of billing incident two. And I just mentioned the NPI number. NPI is your National Provider Identification Number. And if you haven't gotten through this far in school, if you haven't gotten into your APRN classes, you, when you do an APRN class, like a professional role, you'll talk about NPI numbers. And it's not a big deal. It's like a, a little application. It takes like a day, less than a couple hours sometimes to get your NPI number. And what it does is it acts as a social security number for you as a provider. And here's the thing. A bunch of people can get MPI numbers. If you do billing through Medicare, Medicaid, any of the insurance plans, you as a as a provider of any type of health services, it can be uh, phlebotomy, it could be uh, physical therapy, it could be a uh, physician, advanced practice nurses, any of those just general people that do healthcare uh, labs have MPI numbers because they bill the insurance company. Anybody that bills the insurance company for services or goods or medicines or anything gets an NPI number. Now what do they do is they, they take and you get hired, you get your NPI number, you give it to your credentialing person and the credentialing person will go to each of the insurance companies that they deal with and say we have to add a new provider and here's their NPI number. The reason is is that when you bill under your NPI number they need to know who to send the check to when you get reimbursed for your services. So what will happen is your company that you go to work for, the practice, will have its own NPI number as a company. 
And then what they have to do is they got to make sure that your NPI number as a provider is tied to the NPI number of the practice. And if there's no link there, you can provide all the services they want. If that company and they bill under their NPI number, they'll say, yeah, uh, that's not a provider that we have linked to you, so we're not going to pay you. Sorry. And they may give you a chance to correct it and then, you know, go rebill it again. But it's a headache, right? Because billing people are always billing stuff. And if they got to go back and rebill, that's extra time. And it's, and it's inefficient and ineffective. So that's kind of the idea behind the NPI number. Now, when you get credentialed, the intent for that is that you are getting approval from an insurance provider that you are an acceptable person to be billed, billing for services, right? So if you are, if you're an APRN, you're an advanced practice nurse, and you do, uh, you know, your nine nine two one three, and you get paid fifty five dollars, I don't know, sixty bucks for that, whatever it is, in your area, then that number will go through your company and their NPI number, and they'll get the fifty-five bucks, and then you get paid your salary, and that goes to pay all the overhead expenses and everything else, and all that good stuff, right? So, when you do that NPI number, and you submit it to the company, the credentialing is just that—they're checking your credentials, they're making sure you're legit. So here was the problem that I got, and and I, it was important to go through that because here's the issue. So say you are working in a company for a year or two or three or five or whatever, and they're billing you out, but they're not using your NPI number. They're using someone else's, even though it's an advanced practice nurse. That's a big deal, right? Because what they're saying is that the services you provide are being provided by the other provider. That's the whole intent of credentialing is to make sure that the person that's actually doing the work, there's some linkage between the person that did the work and, and the person that's getting paid. The problem is is that if you link through other MPIs under other providers, it could be seen as fraud. And there may be some weird loophole that I don't know of, and I'm going to try to find out, and I'll update and give more information as I find this out, because I really want to know this. I really want to understand what, you know, am I, am I open to, to some kind of fraud claim under some insurance provider because my billing person is just doing it the easy way and billing everything under one NPI, you know, provider number? That, that kind of scares me, because it wouldn't be hard to figure out, right? I mean, if you, if you, put in the charge, you put in the date, the time, the service, uh, the patient's name, uh, you know, maybe their medical record number or you know whatever it is. I'm just guessing at what they need to do, but I'm guessing that there's some time and date stamp on there. And if you've got six providers and they're all billing under one person and you've got six providers seeing different people at the same exact time, man, that's pretty easy to figure out. So I, I, I don't know how these people are getting away with that, to be honest. But if, they, if you have an MPI number and you're providing services and you're being told you're credentialed, they better be doing it under your number. They just they should. That's the right way to do it. That's the whole intent of the credentialing. So I, 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 there may be some loophole that they're getting around being able to bill through someone else. Uh, maybe some kind of grace period while you're waiting for your you know, credentialing to be done or something like that. Maybe that's a, a, some justifiable reason. But man, I just don't, I don't trust that. It just makes me nervous. So I would, if it was me, and I'm going to ask the question today of my billing person, how does that work and how do I know that you're going to bill properly and how do I know I'm not going to get in trouble? So what could happen to you as a, as a provider? I, shoot, I don't know. I mean, it's if fraud when you're dealing with fraud, insurance fraud, 
Sure as heck sounds like there could be certainly civil penalties, in other words, fines and fees and things like that. Um, your company's probably not going to get paid. They're certainly going to probably get audited. And at the end of the day, you know, they, they could file a claim against you. Or when you go to file your next license renewal, if they say, have you had any problems with getting credentialing because you lost it, now you have to, you have to claim that to the state board. And they're going to dig a little deeper into what you've been doing. And that doesn't sound very good. It doesn't sound like something I would want to be waving a red flag to the Ohio Board of Nursing that, you know, I, I lost my credentialing over here because I fraudulently billed them. Oops. That's a bad whoops, right? So I, I just, I, it makes me nervous. I'm going to find out the answer for me. And I encourage everybody that's out there, if you're billing and you're supposed to be billing under your NPI number and, and you're credentialed, quote unquote, and they say you are, I would get reports and see, are they actually actually billing? And that way, if you see that you're be, being billed under somebody else, it better be a question of why am I being billed under someone else? And, uh, you know, what's that, what's that potential problem there? Now, when you have a giant company, man, trying to find the right person, if you work for a hospital system and you're trying to find that billing information, I would set that out as a, as a standard in my contract as much as I could as an expectation that every quarter I'm going to get billing reports with my MPI number so I can just keep keep an honest track of what's going out under my name. That's what I would do. And you could bet my next contract I will negotiate that I will make sure that there's no problem with me getting copies of my billing billing reports. And I, I think they have to provide them. If they're billing under your NPI number, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there's some CMS law that says this MPI is your number and you have every right to see the information being billed out under you. I just I I know our government and I know that that's probably buried somewhere. And if it's not, tell me. Somebody tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm full crap. Somebody say, you know what, Jeff, I, I disagree with you. There are loopholes all over the place, and here they are. I would love to see them because I'm just not educated on it, and, and I'm not trying to provide guidance on it. I'm just trying to encourage people to be aware of this issue because I'm going to try to find it out. And if I can, I will, and if I will, if I can do it, I'll, I'll let everybody else know too, right? Because this is important information. So make sure you're doing that. Now, the previous discussion on this was the incident to billing, and it was, you know, I'm being billed under my physician, and it was, you know, what was the intent of that? Was it to squeak out another 15%, and were you credentialed with them? And I mean, so there's a whole bunch of questions about that specific issue. But this one was a little different, right? It was they were billing the APRN under another APRN, so there was no financial benefit. So why the hell are they doing it? The only reason I could come up with is it's easier for the billing person. It's already credentialed. They don't, maybe they don't have a credentialing person and the billing person's doing the credentialing and they don't have time to do it. But I would go to the office manager and say, this is a big deal. Uh, I'm worried about fraudulent claims against me, even if it's being billed out under someone else. That's who I would really be worried about. The MPI number that's being billed with all these other people under it, that would scare the shit out of me. If my MPI number has three people being billed out under it and I don't know about that, then I got a big deal. I got a problem. That sounds like fraud and I don't want to go to, you know, the Ohio Board of Nursing and have to explain that one. So I, I whether you're being billed under or you're you're the one being billed, you know, the, the services aren't being billed under your number and it's going under someone else, it could be considered fraud. I just it scares me. So Take a look at that in your practice. I just encourage you to know about that. And somebody that's educated, been doing this a long time, that has experience with billing people, tell me if you've had this issue and how you've dealt with it. I want to hear these things. These are these. This is where you're going to help me out.
So I appreciate you guys doing that. Now, another one that's kind of on that same vein, and, and I've talked about this one in the past, but I think it's, it's important to go through it again because I see this. This is probably the third or fourth time I've seen this topic come up. And it's when I, I leave my company or break my contract or I want to get out of this deal and I want to terminate. I love termination, right? It's so, so gooey and messy and, and people are always pissed. And it's great, right? It's great drama. Not for you guys going through it, I know. But, but it's, fun to, it's fun to read about it. So this was another one. And it was, um, can, can the company come back and take my last paycheck for my DEA license that they, they reimbursed me for and maybe my insurance or maybe my um, CMEs or whatever it is, right? Can they, can they come back and get that money or, and prorate it? How does that work? And the, the, the specific instance said it's not addressed in my contract. And that's when I come in, I see people giving advice, and I'm like, ugh, come on, guys. It just depends. It depends. It's the legal answer, right? That's what your lawyer is always going to say first. Well, it depends. <laughs> it depends on what? Well, it depends on everything. It depends on all the circumstances and situation. So if your contract doesn't specifically address it, they can sue you to recoup costs that were incurred but for your, you know, termination, right? So it's, it's like, uh, you know, we, otherwise we had incurred extra costs associated with you. Well, they can maybe get that, right? Because here's the issue. They hire somebody like you that doesn't have a DEA license. They pay for that DEA license. Then they, they, you, you're six months in on a contract that's maybe a year or two or whatever, and you say, you know what, this isn't working out for me. I am not going to be here you know, in a month, so I'm going to give you notice. I'm breaking the contract. See you later. Well, here's what happens. They could say, well, you know what, we, we just paid you know, $2,000, $2,500 for your insurance and your DEA license. That's a pretty big cost for us as a small company. You know, we want some of that back. What do you think? Let's talk about it. Well, they may say that, and, and it might be very reasonable for them to say that. It just depends on the circumstance. If you're a month or two in on a contract and they just paid that, you kind of should pay them back, right? I mean, it's the right thing to do. You're not going to stiff them. So that, that's, that depends. If you're 23 months in a 24-month contract, I'd be like, all right, seriously, dude, you're not going to get anything anyways, so you've already made your money off me. You've already recouped that cost a year and a half ago. Let's be reasonable and realistic. Let's just call it a, a wash, I'm, and I'm out of here. But you're going to be leaving anyways, right? So the the big deal about the, the termination agreement portion is that you, you really need to contemplate this stuff before you sign the contract, just so you know what the expectations are, because your expectations now that you want to get out of the contract are going to be different than what the expectations were when you were in, you know con starting the contracting process. When you, when you were negotiating and you thought everything was rosy and wonderful, and this is going to be the best relationship we've ever had between two professionals, and this is going to be forever, and you know everything's warm and fuzzy, your ideal is, yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'm, yeah, I don't care. But now that you want out of it, that's a big chunk of money. Now you care. So sometimes you need to bring up those hard questions at the beginning and say, okay, what happens if we don't like each other six months from now, and what do we have to do? So this, take this as a life lesson in contracting and apply that to your future negotiations. So I wasn't going to talk about negotiations in this one, but it, it just it makes sense, right? Because it's the, when, when things go south, it's, it's the opportunity, opportunity to learn for the next time. Now, can they take your last paycheck? No. No, 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 no. And I've seen people say, yeah, they could do that. They did that to me. Well, they were breaking the law. <laughs> you cannot garnish wages without some kind of legal 
ability to do so. Now, I say that very generally because it is. So the law says that they could garnish taxes because that's the government's. They want their money. So they say you they can do that. But you are not allowed to garnish wages. Say you hurt somebody on the job or um, you broke some equipment on accident at work. And this is anybody. It doesn't have to be an NP. So you, you broke up a, a tool at, at work. Can they take the cost of that tool out of your paycheck? No. No, no, no. Absolutely not. They cannot garnish your wages just because they feel like it. They need some kind of legal ability to, to do so. And the legal ability in this case would be they would have to sue you. Okay, They would have to get a judgment against you. And they would have to have the court allow the garnishment of your wages. And they could file a petition to do that. That's they, they, they can always do that. You can always be sued for anything. It, you, they may not win, or they may win a lot. It just depends. It depends. But can they garnish your wages? No. They have to pay you. Now, when do they have to pay you? They have to pay you on your routine scheduled paycheck schedule. That's why company manuals and company policies outline when they have to pay you. They can make it whatever they want, but they usually make it two weeks or every other, you know, twice a month or something like that because most people don't want to get paid twice a year. But they could say in their in their employee in handbook, you know, we have a um, payment policy where we get paid every other month. But who wants to work at a company that pays you every other month? That's just a pain in the ass to manage your money that way. You don't want a steady paycheck every two weeks. That's the whole point. Having a job. So for political reasons, they're going to to you know pay you on a routine schedule. But the point being is that they have to pay you your next scheduled paycheck, and they can't just garnish your wages, you know, because you left you know, broker to contract. They need to sue you for breach of whatever provision it is in that contract, win, get a court order, and then do that. And here's the pro the problem. If they know that it's only 800 bucks or 600 bucks, they're going to pay three or four times that in legal fees just to squeeze out 800 bucks out of you. Now, I've seen people that are pretty vindictive that would have nothing better to do than just to sue people to be a jerk. So that you, that just you know that that people can sue you for breaking a contract. Now, realistically, business-oriented minded people are going to look at the cost-benefit, you know, and say, you know what? Let's just let them out of this one. Let's just not burn a bridge. It's not worth it. We don't want to be known as the employer that sues their employees and their their contracts, you know, that are broken. I'd rather let them out of it and have somebody that you know down the line, you know, thinks highly of me and and you know is is a friend than someone that that I just pissed off. For no reason. So a business-minded person is going to look at the cost and see what what it is. But there's some contracts out there that are. I've seen emails coming to me that they're big dollar termination. You know, which I think is probably unfair and probably not reasonable um, amount of liquidated damages when they break a contract. But that doesn't mean that they wouldn't sue you for it because it's big dollars. So keep that in mind. Now, they could also get other stuff. We've talked about this in the termination section. Um, I'm not going to go rehash all of it, but they can get you for a bunch of stuff, right? The costs that they otherwise would not have needed to pay. Now, here's the deal. If they paid your DEA license and you're a year into a two-year contract and you want out, and they say, Jeff, we want your contract. You know, we don't have it in the contract that you're going to reimburse us, but we think you should pay us half of your DEA and your insurance and all this other stuff. Well, they got one year out of your insurance policy, so you say, kiss my ass on that one because the policy hasn't renewed yet. You're not getting any of that. That's on a rolling annual basis. So you have to think about what makes sense. So that one, I'm going to say, uh-uh, you're not going to get anything back for that insurance. You got the benefit of me working here for a year. Not going to do that. 
Then the other one is the DEA license. Well, they did get the benefit of that one, right? So half of a DEA license is about $350, box, right? It's $731 right now for your DEA. So is it worth bitching about 300 bucks? Maybe. I don't know. It's up to you. That depends, right? But the, big, the bigger picture here is I would just say, you know what? Did you find someone new yet? Yes. Well, I see that they've been working for, you know, five years, and they already have their DEA license that's been paid for by someone else, and they still have two years left on it or whatever. Um, you know, I don't know how you'd get that information, but, you know, if you're, if you're sweet as honey, you might be able to get that out of them and say, look, there's no cost to you for the DEA license of this person. So in a sense, you really aren't out anything. You're not paying something more that you otherwise would have had to pay. So you know, keep that in mind too. Just be be logical about it. And and I would always go talk to people first. I wouldn't say, "Can I break the contract and get out of this because it's uncomfortable?" I would go have the discussion and say, "Look, you know, I'm really not happy here. I'm not saying I'm leaving yet, but I just I I want to. These are my issues. Is there a way around these? Can we fix this? And if we can't, how do we make this this not work anymore? And do it in a way that we're both happy." And, and just be honest about it. I mean, that's that's the, the best advice I have. That doesn't mean that they can't terminate your agreement at any time. But you know what? Part of being a professional is having those hard discussions with, with your employer and saying, look, this isn't working. Let's figure out a way to make it work. When if we can't, then let's figure out a way to make it not work anymore. So that's that, that one. And I, I just love talking termination. So I apologize. I keep hitting the hammering on that one. But it was a, it was a good point to come across that you just can't garnish wages. It, just, it gets ridiculous, right? Everybody's like, yeah, they can take your last paycheck. No, they can't. And when, if everybody says that, yes, they can, they accept it. Now, here's what's going to happen. If you, as an employer, get hammered because you garnish wages, you will never do that again. And you will tell all your buddies, don't do that. And it'll get out there that it's not acceptable behavior. It's being being bullied. Don't be bullied. Don't let them do that shit. It's not worth it. So that's my point for that one. Don't don't fall for the, oh, we'll just take your last paycheck and we'll call it even. No, no, you won't. If you think you have a claim against me, go get a lawyer and sue me. I hate to be that way, but you're not going to, I'm not giving you my last paycheck. It's not going to happen. Now, if you want to play political and you want to say, you know what, uh, let's just say, give me half my last paycheck. But technically, they can't do that. They need a check from you back to them. That's the only way to protect them. If I ever own a company that does that, that has uh, employees and stuff like that, and we do contracts and we we have this type of issue, I you bet your bottom dollar, I won't I will not garnish their wages. I just won't do it. It's not worth a headache. Because what if they say later, oh, well, he agreed that uh, I could take it out of his last paycheck. Well, you still can't do that. The law says you can't do it. It doesn't matter what the other person says. It, it, my, my person sitting next to me that's riding in the car said I could speed. It's okay, officer. <laughs> it's okay I can do 90 on the freeway. No, it's still breaking the law. You're not allowed to do it. It doesn't matter what other people say you can do. Okay? Um, what else? There's a ton of stuff. I wanted to get into, like, CPT code billing. There was a good question on that. I'll do that one another time. Um... Some, some other questions that are out there. I know I was going to talk about... Uh, I still haven't heard anybody whether they think it's a good idea if I do a general... Um, here's what an NP does show that you can hand to your friends and say, here, listen to this guy talk about that. So somebody out there tell me if it's worthwhile. If not, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll ask a couple more times and... Uh, and I may do it on my own and just do it because it might be interesting to do. Um, 
but I just, I don't know. I mean, this this audience, I'm not sure you guys need that or not. So just let me know. If you think it's a good idea, I'll do it. If not, then I won't. So don't forget you can email me, jeff at the npdude.com. You can always get me on Facebook at the npdude. You can always uh, like and share my page. You can uh, put comments in on the website, which is thenpdude.com, underneath the shows. That actually en- enrolls you into an email uh, because you got to put your email to leave a comment. I don't spam people. I never spam people. But what happens is you will get the um, the show updates. Like when I publish a show, you'll get an email that says, hey, you know, there's a new episode out there. And uh, another thing is I'm getting a couple people saying they're listening on iTunes, which is really cool. I think that's awesome. Um, keep the iTunes people. Keep commenting. Let me know that you're out there. And uh, don't forget to like and share, man. You guys are really getting it out there. My average daily download is about double what it was two weeks ago. So that's pretty impressive. In within you know five weeks of doing this, you know I'm, I'm trying to get as much content out there as possible. But I'm hoping it's valuable, and I'm hoping it's entertaining too. You know, if it's not, then tell me. Say you suck, Jeff. You suck. I want still haven't heard it. I want it big fat letters, all caps. Do it on my Facebook page. Say Jeff, you suck. All right. I'll let you. I'll keep it up there. I won't delete it. I promise. Um, hopefully you're doing it for the right reasons that you're joking with me. But if I suck, I want to hear too. So don't forget, you can always like and share the, the Facebook page and uh, tell your friends, guys. You guys are doing a great job getting it out there. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm having a blast. So let's just keep this thing rolling. Let's keep going with it. So uh, we'll talk soon, guys. Thanks.